Psalm 144 tonight, Psalm 144. It's interesting, you know, you can look through these um, psalms here, Psalm 142, 143, 144, um, and we see it just kind of working together. Psalm 144 is a basically an answer to the prayer that was prayed in 143. And uh, so I want to look at three things here uh, in regards to David, uh, and I'll kind of look at some, uh, I think, some, some encouraging things tonight at the very least. So let's pray, and then we'll, uh, we'll look at these uh, 15 verses. Lord, we thank you for letting us be here tonight. We thank you for the warm weather. We thank you for the air conditioning inside. Uh, we thank you for the opportunity to look at your word and be helped and encouraged by it. And so I pray that tonight we would be encouraged by your word, challenged by it as well. So help us to receive it uh, as you'd have us to receive, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, here we're going to start off looking at David's source of happiness. Um, as again, we talk about the answer to prayer. You remember in Psalm 143, he was praying for help, seeking help from God. And uh, so we see a source of happiness in verse number one. Uh, it says, Blessed be the Lord my strength, which teacheth me, uh, teacheth my hands to war and my fingers to fight. Uh, he looks at the Lord as his trainer, uh, as the one who's training him to, to, for battle. And I find it interesting. I have written down <laughs> with a question mark. It says um, that he teacheth my hands to war and my fingers to fight. Uh, so I have written down thumb wars with a question mark, you know. One, two, three, four, I declare a pinochle war, whatever you call it. Um, I'm not sure. I don't think that's exactly it. But um, uh, David looked at, at God as his trainer, as the one who was preparing him uh, to fight, teaching him how to fight, teaching him how to succeed uh, in, in everything that was going on. And that brings happiness to his life. Uh, he's the understanding that he's being taught by the best, uh, trained by the best. That's a big deal. And, uh, you know, I think of when I was in high school, I went to a class uh, once a week done at a, at a church in the relative area. One dollar every week you go in and you learn how to fight. And uh, I earned a yellow belt, which is the second belt that you can earn. Uh, so I got past the one they give you when you walk in the door and earn one belt up from that. Uh, but uh, uh, it was fun. I had a good time with it. But then I got to meet someone over the last couple of years who fought professionally and uh, being trained by him would probably be a lot different than being trained by the guy that I was trained by. And the guy I was trained by was, he was a you know, black belt and whatnot, but, um, but uh, I don't know that he ever put that black belt to use other than teaching people. Uh, whereas uh, the guy that I got to meet over the last couple of years, he's actually gotten paid good money to punch people in the face and kick people in the knee and those kinds of things. And so being trained by that guy that would, uh, would bear a little bit more weight, I guess. Make me feel a little bit more confident in my abilities. If you attacked me tonight, please don't. If you attacked me tonight, I might be able to remember some of the things I learned in high school. Uh, but I would probably revert back to kicking someone in the shin, uh, poking somebody in the eyes, something like that. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's who teaches you gives you confidence in what you know. And if the Lord is teaching then that should give confidence in what you know because there's no greater teacher uh, than the Lord. In verse number two, we see not only the Lord was his trainer, but the Lord was his authority. He says, my goodness and my fortress, my high tower and my deliverer, my shield, and he in whom I trust, who subdueth my people under me. 
You remember King David, uh, and he had his son Absalom that that uh, rebelled and led a rebellion against uh, against him. And here he says in verse number two, talking of God, that he is his goodness, he is his fortress, his high tower, his deliverer, his shield, uh, and whom he trusts. And he says, who subdueth my people under me? He understood that the Lord ultimately was the authority. It was not based on David's authority. It was not based on uh, who David was or the even the position in which David had. He understood it was God who would do the submitting of people. Now, yes, we're supposed to submit our hearts and our minds and, and so on and so forth. But uh, a God submitting uh, those underneath him. The reason why David was a successful king when he was successful was because of God. Uh, you remember when Saul didn't obey and uh, Samuel told him, you're not going to be um, king. Your, your son will not be king. And, uh, and God said, I want to anoint someone different. And, uh, and they anointed David, who was this youngest brother at the time and um, definitely not experienced. And from what we understand, David was not the Saul figure that uh, when you, we read about Saul and them finding Saul, he was head and shoulders above everybody else. And he was this tall, big, probably uh, masculine soldier of a man. And man, he looked like a king. David, when he was originally anointed, did not look like a king. Now, I think he did as he aged. He wasn't as tall as Saul, probably. But he was still a man. And, uh, and, and I believe a strong man, just looking at his accolades as a military man. But we see him understanding that God was the one that placed him where he was. And that's important to remember. Sometimes we think, well, I worked really hard to get where I am. And I don't discredit that. But at the same time, we cannot give ourselves credit where God gave us favor, skill, understanding, knowledge, all those sorts of things. And so David understood the Lord was his authority. Uh, number two, we see, first of all, David's source of happiness. Number two, we see David's understanding of fulfillment. Uh, look in verse number three and verse number four. It says, uh, wrong chapter, sorry. Uh, the Lord, Lord, what is man that thou takest knowledge of him, or the son of man that thou makest account of him? Man is like to vanity. His days are as a shadow that passeth away. Um, the existence and experience of myself means nothing. Um, he says in verse number four, man is like to vanity, to nothingness, to emptiness. Um, he says in verse 3, asking the Lord, what is man that thou takest knowledge of him um, or that you make an account of him? I mean, in the, the grand scheme of God, what is man? We're just, I say this as biblically as I can, we're just part of creation. Now, yes, we're the greatest part of creation. And yes, we're God's most beloved part of creation. Uh, but if all the things God created were one of those things. Who are we in the grand scheme of things? Well, not really much of anything. Man is like vanity. His days are as a shadow that passeth away. Man isn't around that long. In uh, the older I get, the more that hits home. <laughs> when I was younger, I'm like, man, I can't wait to be 30. Um, and now I'm sitting there going, man, 30 was a long time ago. And uh, it shouldn't be that long ago, but the, the older I get, the more I realize, wow, life is short. It's, uh, it's the passing of, of days, and it's, uh, we're here, and then we're gone. 
And so David understood the fulfillment in the sense that he knew the vanity of man, and he knows the vanity of man's plans. Verse number 5 through 8. Uh, it says, Bow thy heavens, O Lord, and come down. Touch the mountains, and they shall smoke. Cast forth lightning, and scatter them. Shoot out thine arrows, and destroy them. Send the, thine hand from above, rid me, uh, and deliver me out of the great waters from the hand of strange children, whose mouth speaketh vanity, and their right hand is a right hand of falsehood. Um, ultimately, man's plans are empty or vain because of the power of God. Uh, he's showing here the power of God as he's saying to bow the heavens and touch the mountains and they'll smoke and cast out lightning and scatter them, shoot the arrows, destroy them, um, send thy hand from above. So he's, he's showing God's power and then showing the fact that man's plans at this time to, to get David were going to be unsuccessful. Why? Because God's all powerful. And uh, so when we look at our plans, and again, I learned this more so in, in the planting of this church than any other aspect of my life. But man's plans are empty because of the power of God. God's plan is what matters. Uh, and so uh, he has the power to do what he wants, to do what he wills. Does he allow us to do things? Sure. Uh, but at the end of the day, God is going to do what God wants to do because he has the power to do so. And so David understood fulfillment in the sense that he understood that uh, man in and of itself is nothing. Uh, the experiences and the existence means, means nothing or little. And the plans of men or women don't matter much either because God has the power to do what he wills. And so as he's looking as the prayer he prayed in 143 is deliver me and other things as well, um, here he's saying that, that trust and understanding that God can do what he will and God can destroy those that are against me and lift me up or protect me, provide for me, care for me. And so we see his understanding of fulfillment, we see his source of happiness, and then the last several verses, we see David's song of victory. Verse number nine, he says, I will sing a new song unto thee, O God, upon the psaltery uh, and an instrument of ten strings will I sing praises unto thee. Uh, I have marked this verse down as new mercies. The Bible says that God's mercies are new every day. And we see that David here is not going to sing uh, in this instance of the things that God has done. He's going to sing a new song. He's not going to sing the same songs that the, the nation had been singing. He's not going to be singing the songs of Moses. He's going to sing a new song. It's not to say that the songs of Moses are wrong and that he would not sing them again. But in this moment, he says, I will sing a new song unto thee. Why? Because God is worthy of a new song. Uh, there's nothing wrong with looking back at what God has done and, and, uh, and, and singing the things or talking of the things and and remembering the things that God has done. But God has done enough for you today that you can sing a new song. And, uh, and David understood that. He says, God has been merciful to me. I'm paraphrasing. God has been merciful to me. And, uh, and he has done so much for me today that I can sing a new song. And I can sing it to God. Um, and, uh, and we know David's a singer. We know he likes to sing and, and play and, and all those sorts of things. It's well, well chronicled. Um, and I just find it interesting because sometimes we find a tune we like, and I'm not talking literally about music here, but we find a tune that we like and we just stick with it. And uh, we never, never think to, to add a new song. 
So we'll give God the praise, proper praise, for what he did for us today. Uh, we focus too much on what he did for us last year. I think about that, it's hard, because um, sometimes we have such an experience. I go back to, the, I'll use the church as the example. Uh, in 2020, when we bought this building, it was a pure miracle. I mean, there's no other way to explain it. Answer to prayer, pure miracle. Um, you know, and, and I will spend the rest of my time uh, talking about that. I, I, I won't stop. But I also can't only talk about 2020. Because God's done stuff for us today. And for this year. And I think sometimes we get stuck in the glory days that we don't give glory for the day. And to, uh, to be able to take some time to sit back and say, okay, what has God done for me today? I'm going to give him glory for that. Uh, and that's what David was doing. Not only new mercies, but in verse number 10 and verse number 11, we see it's still the same God. He says in verse number 10, uh, It is he that giveth salvation unto kings, who delivereth David his servant from the hurtful sword. Rid me and deliver me from the hand of a strange children, whose mouth speaketh vanity, and their right hand is a right hand of falsehood. Um, he's understanding that God is, uh, or he can sing victory of the fact that it is the same God. The same God who's delivered him, the same God who's propped him up, the same God who's uh, uh, um, cared for him in times of hurt is the same God that, that is his God in this day. And that's a wonderful thing we can sing. And I can look, I tell you what, there's nothing or very few things that I look at and realize, my goodness, the God of Noah's day is the God of today. And the God of Moses and the God of Joshua and the God of Joseph and the God of Paul and of Peter and, and all the other things that I read about in the scriptures is still God today. Same God. So there's new mercies, same God. And then lastly, it's true happiness. Look at verse 15. We'll read the others in a moment. Verse 15. Happy is that people that is in such a case. Yea, happy is that people whose God is the Lord. You can read that verse alone and say, okay, happy is the people whose God is the Lord. I agree with that. But he's saying that people, all right, what people are we talking about? Verse 12. Uh, that our sons may be as plants grown up in their youth, that our daughters may be as cornerstones polished after the similitude of a palace, that our garners may be full, affording all manner of store, that our sheep may bring forth that thousand and ten thousands in our streets, that our oxen may be strong to labor, that there be no breaking in nor going out, that there be no complaining in our streets. Happy is that people that is in such a case. Yea, happy is that people whose God is the Lord. What he's saying here is that all these things in verse 12 through 14 are showing um, blessings ultimately. It's showing, um, what's the right word? I was going to say success. I don't know if that's the right word for it or not. Uh, but showing that God's providing. Uh, the children have grown. Uh, the, the daughter's uh, or as a polished stone uh, as in a palace. Uh, the gardeners are full. The, uh, uh, they've stored up food that our sheep are bringing forth uh, thousands and ten thousands in our streets. The oxen are strong. All these things are signs of prosperity. Not, I don't mean that, you know, yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, it's signs of prosperity. And here he's saying happy is those people, but why are those people happy? Why are those people prospering? Because God is the Lord. And uh, when we look at the song of victory and the song that we should sing of victory in our life, we should sing songs that include the new mercies. We should sing songs that point to the fact it's still the same God. 
and we should sing songs understanding that we have true happiness because we are of God. We are God's people. Right, now, in the psalm, we're talking about Israel. Obviously, we're not um, Israeli, uh, but we are children of God. And the, the New Testament teaches us that as a child of God, one who's accepted Christ as Savior, um, you are now called by his name. You're now his child. And uh, so we are, if we're saved, we are those whose God is the Lord. And uh, that's something that should bring true happiness into our life and will bring true happiness into our life. And if we focus on the fact that God is the Lord, we'll find more happiness than if we focus on the fact that um, my bank account isn't as, as full as I want it to be or all the other needs that I have, whatever it may be. I'm not going to find happiness there. And if I fill my bank account, uh, I'm not going to find happiness there. If God fills my bank account, I will find happiness. Uh, now, will he? That's another thing. But, uh, but God will provide all of our needs, and he'll take care of, of all the situations that we're in if we'll allow him to do so. Uh, so David's source of happiness is the fact that God was his trainer and his authority. His understanding of fulfillment was the understanding that man is vain. Our existence and experience and our plans are empty. Uh, and a song of victory is new mercies, same God, and true happiness. And uh, that's something that we should be able to sing to, uh, something that we should be able to focus our lives on uh, and see in our own lives as well. And so we'll see more praise of things to come uh, in, in uh, the rest of Psalms as well. All right, uh, anything else we need to add to the prayer list? Oh, okay. Okay. 